What's up, my beautiful creative strategist? Welcome to episode six. I am so happy to be here with you all today, and I cannot wait to talk about da 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 decluttering. I'm a huge fan of organizing, cleaning, and getting rid of what I don't need to create space, freedom, and focus. Oh my goodness, it's amazing what a clean slate can do. So before we dive into decluttering, though, I do want to read you the review of the week just to start us off on the right foot. This one comes from Richard Peralta. I hope I said that correctly. He writes, you are such a great soul and inspiration. Your podcast has so much information and I learn a lot when I listen. Keep up the great work, Star. Thank you so much, Richard. That was so sweet. I definitely will keep it up. I love hearing that review and I love hearing all your reviews. Even when you guys slide into my DMs and just give me an encouraging word, it means so much. But if you do have a moment, head on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Spotify or iTunes. I'm adding a couple more to my slate this week as well. And go ahead and write a review that really attracts the attention of some people who could come on the show. And I know we all want to learn from the best to the best. I say that every week, but I really want to bring you the best content I possibly can. And it also helps get this podcast in front of more eyes so that more people can listen in. And and it's kind of like a cycle after that. So thank you guys for listening to me. I really appreciate it. And I love your reviews. You are amazing. You're listening to The Creative Strategist. I'm your host, marketing and sales expert, Star Jerry's, and I'm here to help you use storytelling, design, and entrepreneurial thinking to develop your brand's voice, boost sales, and stay relevant in an ever-changing marketplace. Join in on my conversations with seasoned professionals and take away best practices to help you forge ahead in your career. Again, I'm Star Jerry's, The Creative Strategist. Let's get started. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about my favorite thing, decluttering. Now you may be asking yourself, why are we talking about decluttering? This is a business podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but I've seen some offices and desks that look like a tornado hit them. And believe me, when your bosses see this, or your employees for that matter, it's not impressive. It just kind of gives off the wrong impression. And it's distracting. It totally pulls away from everything you're doing. So this episode can apply to both your home and your work life. I'm a firm believer that cleanliness allows us to think more clearly. And if you're surrounded by clutter, it's it's much harder to focus on whatever you need to get done. Like I said, it's just extremely distracting. And we don't want that for you or for anyone around you. Now, I'm a huge fan of minimalism and the minimalist in particular. I've watched their documentary like 20 times, probably more. Every time I get too excited to buy new things and I feel myself getting into a spending pattern where I'm just spending, 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 I'll turn on that documentary and I try to bring myself back down to earth. The minimalist Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus They are the minimalist, and they say to pack up your stuff as though you're moving, basically. Literally, put it all in boxes, cover your furniture with a sheet, get everything out of sight. 
This is so that you actually need to go and get the things you need out of your packed boxes so that you know what you're actually using. You keep the things you use, obviously, and by day 10, you're already taking out the trash, everything that you deem is trash. By day 11, you're starting to sell the things that you think you can get some cash for, and by day 21, you're donating everything else or everything you haven't sold. When it's time to get rid of things, the minimalists say, if you stumble across something you think you need, right, ask yourself these three questions. One, when is the last time I used this? Two, does this thing add value to my life? And three, is this something I can replace? Which I think that third question is a great one for those of us who say, well, what about my photos? I don't use that all the time or different things like that. Of course, memories and things that you can't replace, that's something you need to decide on and really figure out what you want to keep. That's a very succinct summary of their philosophy, the minimalist, but that's the general idea. Now, having said that and kind of spoken like I subscribe to this wonderful minimalist idea, this thing, I have to say I'm by not means perfect. And I definitely wouldn't call myself a, a true minimalist. I have a lot of shoes. I have bookshelves full of books. I have a TV in every room. But I am conscious about what I buy. And every day I'm working my way towards only keeping the things that bring me joy. I'm trying to really put myself in this headspace of being more sustainable, being less wasteful. Now, I just said things that bring me joy. So unless you live under a rock, you know that I'm speaking about Marie Kondo. And when I when I first wrote the script to this episode, I, I really didn't know if anyone had heard about Marie Kondo and her tidying up or if anyone would even be interested in it. But it's taken the world by storm. If you haven't seen this, Marie Kondo's new show on Netflix is called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And it's so exciting. She's this little adorable ball of sunshine. She's always so happy and inviting. And she teaches people how to tidy up their lives by going through each item and asking, does this bring me joy? Simple, simple question. Now there's an order in which you tackle the tidying process and she teaches us how to fold things and organize things into boxes in her own method, things like that. But instead of having her subscribers put everything out of sight like our friends the minimalist taught us to do, instead of having people put things out of sight to make a decision, she has you pull everything out and put things into massive piles or get things in front of your face so you have to be confronted with how much you have. It starts with clothing, this process, and let me tell you, when these people on this show put all their clothes into piles on top of their bed or in their living room, it's incredible. You can just see their faces realize how much stuff they have, and you can really see how much they have and how much they have to go through because they go through each thing one by one, and they ask that question, does this bring me joy? And they wait for that spark. If there's no joy, you don't keep it, obviously. You sincerely thank your item, like if it was a shirt that you loved, but you don't feel any joy from it, you would hold it and you would say thank you, and then you would move on and gently place it into a bag or uh, some sort of storage so that you could get it out of your home. 
Now, I mentioned in the beginning of this episode that I have very little attachment to items. I like to get rid of the old ones and make way for the new. That sounds like a good thing when we're talking about tidying up, but I've realized that this can be a weak point for me, and I don't know if any of you deal with that out there too. I I find more with my generation or my age group that people kind of feel the same way. They just don't like stuff and they just want to get it out, but it also we get rid of things so quickly that we have the space for new things and it's always this want for more, want for more, want for more. And I find that I can become quite wasteful. So I'm actually working against that. But I do know people who are the exact opposite. They keep everything. Mostly because they've been through times of not having hardly anything. And you've all probably experienced this. A lot of people say this about their grandparents who lived through the Great Depression. So that's very interesting. But a year or so ago, I decided to do a clean sweep of my room. And I do this periodically, but I'll, I'll get to that. Now I do this periodically. But I wanted to take you all through my steps of decluttering my life because I believe whichever side you're on, whether you're trying not to be wasteful or you're trying to let go of things that really, really hold some sort of sympathetic tie for you, I believe that this process is all in the maintenance, so I don't want to stop at the initial clean, which is that romantic notion of, oh, my house is clean, I did it, but things, that's what entropy is, right? Things lean towards disorder and things get back to chaos and we have to maintain in order to keep things in the state in which we want to keep them. So today, I want to walk you through what to do after you've done the initial clean. So for the initial clean, I'll just start there since some of you haven't done that step yet. Let's just pick a method. This is, sounds, this can be daunting if you let it kind of get its grips in you, but don't, don't overthink it. Just pick a method. Whether you really like the minimalist approach or you like Marie Kondo's tidying up style or there's a different decluttering tactic that you've come across that you find really works for you and you think is really interesting, Get ready and just do it. Don't think about it. Just make it happen. And again, I recommended the book, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, but I'm going to recommend that again. It's on my book recommendations in my on my website, and there's a really cool deal off Audible if you're like me and you can't sit through reading a book. I have to do it when I'm driving. I have to just listen to it because I have the shortest attention span. But if you go onto my website, you'll see the five second rule by Mel Robbins. And this is really going to help you get from point A to point B. If you have the thought in mind and you know what you want to do, that five second rule will give you a no excuse approach to just getting up and doing it, whether you want to or not. It's not about being motivated. It's about just moving and getting it done. And you got this. So step two, now that you're doing it, When you're in the process, and even in the maintenance, I want you to remind yourself that things are just things. And that is such a hard concept, but things are just things. Aside from photos or super sentimental items, and you all know what that is for you, I or myself and, and anyone else cannot tell you what that is for you. But aside from those things, your memories or the memories of other people, 
they really don't, these things don't embody those memories or those other people, like clothes or anything else that's just an inanimate object, and that's a really hard concept to say, but you know what the really super sentimental items are that you want to display and really that really give you joy and really showcase something of that person maybe that you lost or or a child that you've raised and this is something from their childhood and keep those things by all means but for a lot of the other things really remember and try to try to differentiate the fact that maybe this t-shirt from 1982 can be let go at this point the other thing is that things do not define you if you once didn't have a lot of things and then you were able to buy this pair of shoes that at one point was really, really expensive. These shoes were so expensive and you wanted them so badly. And now, honestly, you would never wear them because you just don't like them. But you can't seem to part with them because at one time, those things symbolized prosperity for you after you came out of a time of poverty. Really examine what that is and realize that it's okay to let go of those things. It's not going to put you back into that time of poverty. You will still stay in that time of prosperity. And now that you're in a really good place and you can magnify what you've done for yourself and move beyond symbols like shoes or handbags or anything that you thought once made you who you are, the things don't make you who you are. You make you who you are. And you are prosperous and you are great and you do want for nothing. Because you are you, and you can get yourself through any situation, and you have brought yourself from point A to point B, and the things, the things don't necessarily matter. That being said, my next point, which kind of speaks to what I just said, is that you are not better or worse because of your things. Unless it's some sort of medical need I mean, these are obvious caveats to the things that I'm saying. I, I hope you all know that there are, is always a gray area or a, but what about this to all these things that I'm saying? But I want you to generally remember that things do not define you. You are bigger and better than your things. You are greater and more fluid than your things. You are present. Your things are past. So these things do not define you. And you are not better or worse because you own these things. Like I said, you are not going to be more prosperous because you own this really expensive handbag. You are not more rich in relationships because you bought those really expensive collectible pair of sneakers. So shifting gears there, I just talked to you about how things are kind of unemotional. But I do want to bring some humanity back into things because I understand they have deep, deep roots to what we feel and what we experience as humans. I know our things can almost become personified. They can become personified in our minds. We're very good at endowing stories onto inanimate objects. We just are. We're good at endowing stories onto everything. That's what we're great at as humans. So when you think of your things, I'm not telling you to just toss them without any show of respect. That's why I really like what Marie Kondo has people do when they're going to get rid of something by saying thank you to it. She mentions that people hold on to a guilt sometimes when they get rid of something. But when you 
genuinely acknowledge the item and pay some sort of respect to it, it's easier to let it go. So I do believe that things should be respected. Money, time, resources, the efforts of many, many people went into making these things. And the money, time, resources, and efforts of you went into your ability to buy these things. You spent time and effort earning that money and then you spent your money on these things so I understand how emotional it can be and we should respect that emotion and never try to compress that we should really confront that and then have a serious honest conversation internal dialogue with ourselves when looking at an item as to whether or not it brings us enough joy and carries enough weight sentimentally for us to keep it and that decision ultimately is yours and no one should judge that decision. But if you know in your heart that you're ready to let something go, that it doesn't necessarily define you anymore, that it's not a really sentimental item that you want to keep, give yourself permission to respectfully and lovingly say goodbye to that item and let it go. Step three. Just start. Don't hesitate. So I'm repeating myself here from recommending that five-second rule book to you and telling you to just do it. But I know there's some scheduling around that, so I want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. I want you to just start and don't hesitate. Set aside a week and make this a date with yourself. Schedule it. Put it on the calendar. Give yourself an appropriate amount of time because this is a big project. So give yourself an appropriate amount of time. For me, I think it would take an entire weekend, maybe even longer, and then set your alarm clock, wake up, don't question it. Like I said, don't hesitate and just dive right in. There is no time like the present and you're going to feel so great after you get this initial clean done. You're not going to be excited about cleaning your space. Unless you're into that sort of thing, like I kind of am, in which case you'll already be sort of organized and you'll just be in this maintenance mode. But if you're not excited about cleaning your space, it's okay to not be excited about cleaning your space. You don't need to wake up and say, oh, I'm ready to do this today, so now I'm going to take this on. No, you don't need to be ready. Like I said, you don't need to be motivated. You just need to move. You just need to do it. And all of us, We have control over our bodies. I tell my body what it does or does not do. So I'm going to tell my body to get up and start taking my clothes out of the closet and piling them on my bed. And once I bring the the body, the mind will follow. I remember hearing that on an episode of Extreme Weight Loss one time years ago. And I always remember the trainer saying that. Bring the body and the mind will follow. Just get up, start doing it. And before you know it, you're going to be in your flow and you're going to be working like crazy and you're going to get through it and it's going to be amazing. And I don't want you to think about the negative. And I want you to let those negative thoughts creep in if you're not feeling it or if you get tired or whatever it may be. I mean, take a break, but don't let negativity creep in and you think, oh my gosh, my room looks so bad. It's always going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to look cluttered because you pulled everything out of all its hiding places and you put it into the forefront of your space. It's going to look cluttered and that too is okay. You're going to get through that, so don't let the negativity of the process, or don't let negativity hinder your process. Just keep your eyes 
focused on the prize and and get through it. You you got this. I keep saying that, but this is a hard thing. So you've got this. Okay, now step four. I want you to create systems. Marie Kondo speaks to this a little bit, but this has been something that I've been doing in my home forever. My mom taught me this, but everything should have its own place. That, in my mind, constitutes as a system. And it's amazing how easy it is to stay organized when everything has a place. And you want to make sure that the things you need most are easily accessible. So don't make it hard for yourself to put clothes in the laundry basket. Make everything really, really easy for you to, to use, to pull out. If, if you know that you need to get to your computer every day, don't pack your computer away and make yourself open all the things up and put all the things out. Just have yourself set up and make everything really streamlined for yourself. This is supposed to be a peaceful process, not something that you need to overthink every single day. And decide when you want to let things go. This is great for paper, things like that. So let me explain. When you decide when you want to let things go, I'm talking about setting some sort of schedule for yourself. I find that a lot of people keep paper, a lot, a lot of paper, because they haven't given themselves permission to let it go. They think they need to keep it all because someone told them one time that you're supposed to keep all your tax returns for the rest of your life. But consult a professional, but this is how we do it in my home. If you're going to keep your tax returns for three years and that's what your accountant says to do and that's what's safe, that's great. But you do need to, every time you put a new tax return into the tax return file folder, look back and make sure that you shred the one that's now from four or five years ago, the one that you no longer need because you've given yourself this system, you've given yourself this timeline. Just adhere to the timeline. That's not hard. That's not hard, but just set up something for yourself and know what's safe. Pay stubs, that's another great question. Um, Medical bills, medical expenses, things like that. Ask a professional, ask maybe your financial advisor, like a tax person that you meet with once a year, or ask your medical provider or some sort of professional what they recommend and what's kind of a standard for you keeping that to make sure everything's good and clear before you throw those things away. And then just stick to your timeline. Easy peasy. And remember that you also can scan papers that you want to keep. When they're really big sentimental items like birthday cards, I have to talk about birthday cards because I have so many and I'm working through this right now. I love my birthday cards. And I had this memory box for years. I still have it. And it's just the keeper of all these memory things that really a lot of them are not important to me anymore. But I would put birthday cards into this memory box and it just became this black hole. And I never look at the birthday cards. Ever. I never, ever look at them. But I would like to keep the sentimental moment of that card and the really nice notes that people wrote me and remember back in the day when people would write write you these amazing long birthday card notes I love that so I want to keep that but that's what a scanner does and maybe you want the hard birthday card that's great just organize it in a way that makes sense and just realize when you have hundreds and hundreds of cards am I really looking at these are these really bringing me some sort of satisfaction for years to come Or do I maybe want to compile them into a slideshow? How would I actually take these out and enjoy these things if I love them so much? 
You can also do that for pay stubs and other things that I talked about. You can scan these documents in. You're always going to want to keep two different backups. People say keep them in two totally different spaces in case some sort of catastrophe happens. But definitely, again, consult a professional on how you should be backing up, how you should be storing your backups, and don't be frivolous with these documents. I know they're really important, and if anything were to happen to them, I want to make sure you guys are safe and putting your best foot forward. But this scanning thing... That's the beauty about computers, um, that we can scan these things, that we can go paperless. And it's it's really, I, I think it's really exciting. And it's a great way to tidy up without having to let go of a lot of really sentimental things. Because photo boxes are heavy. And in the event of an emergency, I think to myself, would I have time to grab my photo albums? And would I even know where they were? When I can just grab a hard drive or grab my computer, I mean, that's amazing. That's incredible. Just stay organized with it. You'll find what works for you. I'm not here to tell you how to do it. I'm just here to kind of nudge you in the right direction. And then I want you to decide when you're going to let things go for clothes. So that's also a really good system that you can build. Decide whether you're going to clean out your closet each year. I like to do this after each major season. So after summer, I'll clean out my closet for my summer clothes once it starts getting cold because I know exactly what I wore for summer. And I can really look in there and say, okay, I never wore that shirt, which is such a summer shirt. Do I really like it anymore? Or can I sell it? Or can I thrift it? How can I let someone else use something that I'm really not that interested in. And then same thing after winter. Okay, I never wore that jacket. I never once even looked at it or desired to wear it. Maybe there's something to that. So I like to do this after each season, but you can pick what works for you, whether it's each quarter, each year, every two years, whatever that is. But create that system for yourself too and and mark it on your calendar and just enjoy that time of cleaning. Maybe you'll even make a few extra bucks. And then step five, phone a friend. Yes, this step is for the heavier cleans. This is one with a lot of sentimental items. Now, when you're going through things left behind by a deceased loved one, and believe me, I know exactly what that's like because my mom's lost her entire immediate family. And we have quite a, a quite a bit of their things and it's really really hard to let them go we've been working through that process together maybe you've lost a deceased loved one or a parent or a life partner as heavy stuff it's hard and I respect that again because I've seen it I've seen the heart-wrenching emotions that color a scene like that actually my mom and I my uncle was missing in action for 12 years. He was in the military. And we got a phone call one day that he had passed. And my mom and I went to go pick up his remains. And when we went to go pick up his remains, it was really hard. My mom hadn't seen her brother for 12 years. It was really emotional. And she got to walk into the apartment and basically walk into the life that he had created for himself outside of everything he once knew, his friends, his family, us, everything. And she got to see the life that he was living, and it was almost tangible, his life, like he was there. And I get emotional talking about this because I can still see my mom's face, and I can see her walking into his closet. And she saw his clothes, 
they were all hanging up and there were shirts on one side I think and pants on the other but it's a bit hazy it's been a few years and she just walked over to his clothes and I just remember watching her hug his clothes like she was hugging him and I I honestly never knew him in a life that I can remember. The last time I saw him was when I was two, and I obviously don't remember that. But just watching her hug his clothes. When people, and I know I said that things are just things, but I also said that there are huge sentimental items, and there are huge attachments to things, and that I deeply respect that. That deep respect comes from moments like watching my mom hug my deceased uncle's clothes as though she could just touch him one last time. So it's really hard. And she, I was there for her, right? And I'm kind of outside the situation, even though I'm still family. But I was there for her. And you know what? I bet you if you picked up the phone and you called your friends, you called your family, maybe not everyone would say yes, but someone would. And someone would stand there next to you and go through that pain with you and really help you separate what you want and what you no longer feel that you need. Of course you want everything, but what you feel you don't need or you could you could give back and let someone else enjoy those items. Sometimes things are so heavy like that that you just need someone to lean on and it's okay to ask for help. You're allowed to ask for help if you're one of those people like my mom and I are who don't like to ask for help. Just let that go. You're allowed to ask for help. So bring in family members and kind of give them some expectations. Be clear what you need, family members or friends, I'm sorry. Be really clear about what you need. If you just need someone to be with you, just say that. If you just need someone to give you the gift of presence and just sit down and be with you, awesome. Just let your friends or family know that. If you need someone to help push you through things and let them go, if this has been a long time sentimental battle and you really need that final nudge and you need someone to kind of just be there with you to be your cheerleader but to push you a little bit harder than just someone to sit there and just kind of stand by for support if you need that extra nudge be clear and and ask for that too I really need someone to help me actually let go of some of these things And then if you want someone to help you preserve your memories or paperwork by making a memory book or scanning your documents like I talked about in the last point, let your support system know that. And I'm sure you can find someone who would really love to help you do that too. I just want to say this as a caveat, but remember in these tough moments that you won't be going through these items forever. This will not be a forever thing. This is really hard right now. But this won't be a forever thing. It's a process and this is part of it. Just like life is a process and loss is unfortunately a part of life. There is a light on the other end of the tunnel, I promise. And you're going to get there. Step six. Stick to the systems you've made and adjust as necessary. Now the places you decide things will go whether it's a file folder or it's a mail drop box 
or a shred pile that eventually gets shredded once a week. The places you've decided where things will go and the systems that you created in step four surrounding how long you're going to keep documents, when you decide which Christmas decorations you'll really need, when you decide to clean out your closet, you've created those systems, you know them. So we're just going to make sure to stick with those. That's what this step is all about. And then feel free to outsource some things. Have a cleaning crew come in once a month if you can. You don't have to do it all. Make it easy for yourself by maintaining it and make the maintenance easy for yourself. If you know you need someone else to do something, that's okay. The only time it gets really hard is when you start to let things go. So if we can stop the things getting out of control before it happens, if we can maintain, it'll make our job a lot easier. And then we're going to readjust as needed. Like I said, if something's just not getting done, like cleaning, if you're having a really hard time deep cleaning, things like the stove, things like your bathtub, things like that, figure out why and then realize, okay, I don't have enough time. So now I'm going to create a system. I'm going to schedule a cleaning person to come into my home and help me out once a month. That's just a great example. But schedule things or outsource things and get them kind of in your flow of management so that you can manage your home. And then you're going to assign chores based on the strengths of the people in your home if you have other people in your home. Maybe someone really hates to do the dishes, so they won't do the dishes, but maybe they'll be the ones who clean the bathroom and they'll have a list of things to do in the bathroom. Or someone else really likes shredding documents, so they'll be the weekly document shredder. Um, just figure out people's strengths and... We don't want people to hate what they have to do, but at the same time, we need to be diligent and do what we have to do. That's part of being a grown-up. But if you know that everyone has different strengths and things that they really like and things that they really don't like, try to schedule the chores based on that. Overall, you'll know what to do for step six. You are in your house every day and you know what you need to outsource or what you need to assign, how you need to assign in order to to get these things done, and to continue to stick to your systems. From there on out, it only gets easier, guys. I know that was a lot, and we went through kind of a roller coaster of emotion, but when you give up your things, it is a roller coaster of emotion. So just acknowledging that and getting through it, I know you can do this. Don't be afraid to confront some of those feelings and really just work through that. I think that's very healthy, and I think that's all a part of this wonderful process called tidying up. And man, what a huge weight off your shoulders when you're done and when you're just maintaining. It's so much easier. It's a huge relief when you wake up and you're in an organized, clean space. It's like a breath of fresh air. Your mind is clear. Your space is clear. And you can get the things that you need to get done as a boss, as a creative strategist, as whatever it is that you are when you wake up in the morning and you go out into the world. You can get those things done and know that you did your job. And you did it to the best of your abilities because you weren't worried about the chaos at home or you weren't worried about that chaos in your storage unit. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. If you haven't yet, check out Marie Kondo's show on Netflix. It's called Tidying Up, and the minimalist documentary is just called Minimalism on Netflix. I hope that this episode and those recommendations help some of you out there. 
I know this is a great check-in for me. I always need a boost of inspiration and I always have things that I can be tidying up and letting go of and I'm in the process myself. So I feel really inspired. I hope you do too. And I can't wait to see what you all do and how you all prosper in this new year with your new, beautiful, decluttered space. Thank you for listening to The Creative Strategist. Head over to starjerries.com backslash the creative strategist for notes on today's episode, information about upcoming events, or to nominate a guest for the show. Don't forget to leave a review and share this podcast with a friend or colleague. Thanks again for hitting play. See you next time, creative strategist.